Support for this episode comes from Lexus. What emotion fits in the palm of your hand? Can you wield the power of gravity? What does exhilaration sound like? Only Lexus asks questions like these because they believe the most amazing machines aren't inspired by machines. They're inspired by you. Not only has Lexus asked these questions, they've answered them. Discover the answers at Lexus.com curiosity. Lexus. Experience amazing. Our most intimate experience can be our greatest inspiration. The place where ideas are born. But what if those ideas stay in hiding? What if they never have the chance to be shared? This show creates a safe space for giving talks anonymously. We value ideas over identity, substance over style. You cannot talk publicly about it. impacted my whole life. I just don't have the constitution to get up on a stage and give a talk. From TED and Audible, this is Sincerely X. The scariest moment of my entire life. The defense lawyer had a job to do and he tried his very best to break me down. My life was changed forever. This is the reality of the court system, I won't deny that. I know what was done to me. But if you go in ready for this nonsense and strong in your truth... I asked him to bring me back to my residence and he didn't listen to me. And they can try everything to break you down and they won't succeed. Finally, I was taking back what he took from me. This woman in the courtroom, there are a few things I think you should know about her. I'm a teacher of a gifted class. I love bookstores and I love to read. I have a to-be-read pile of books that take up at least two shelves. I'm a lover of coffee and tea. I'm very in tune to nerd culture. I'm passionate about social justice issues and tattoos. I'm June Cohen, a longtime host and curator at TED. And this speaker, this lover of books and tea and nerd culture, had a horrible thing happen to her. And from our first conversation, I was struck by her determination to learn from this horrible thing and to turn the devastation in her life into meaning. I guess as in a teacher mindset, everything is a learning opportunity, right? So, so I've turned my own suffering into a learning opportunity, and I'm not suffering anymore, so thank you. She's the victim of a sexual assault, one that took many things from her. But in the years since, she's found ways to reclaim her identity and her power. I feel like I've reclaimed who I am. I've reclaimed my mind. I've reclaimed my confidence. I'm not merely surviving anymore. I'm, I am thriving. It's outstanding how huge I feel. I feel big. I feel great. I feel on top of the world. And it's, I just want to share that with everybody. And I want everybody to get that change in their own lives because it, it can happen. It can really happen. Our speaker emerges as a kind of victor in this talk. But before we hear it, she asks that we offer what's called a trigger warning to anyone who's listening who may have been a victim of an assault and is at risk of being emotionally affected by the story that follows. This talk, like all the talks on Sincerely X, will be given anonymously, and the voices may have been altered to protect their anonymity. You won't know their names, and my suggestion is that you don't try to figure out who they are. 
suspend judgment. Just listen. The defense lawyer had a job to do, and he tried his very best to break me down, using semantics in an attempt to manipulate my testimony. He quickly got frustrated with me when things weren't working in his favor. I never told him what he wanted to hear, because what he wanted to hear wasn't my truth. And I had to remind myself of that as I stood up there. I know my truth. I don't doubt my truth. I know what was done to me, and that was enough to keep me strong. Some of the awful things that the defense lawyer tried to pull was to make me admit in the courtroom, in front of my family, my accused family, his friends, and the judge himself, that I took pleasure from my interactions with the accused, that I was attracted to him and desired our relationship to go to the next level. It didn't matter that I was a virgin who felt her sexuality was her own gift to give her her own accord. It didn't matter that I was blacked out that night. It didn't matter that I asked him to bring me back to my residence and he didn't listen to me. It didn't matter that I said no six or seven times that night before he finally stopped penetrating me. I must have been into him, and I definitely wanted it. This is the reality of the court system. I won't deny that. But if you go in ready for this nonsense and strong in your truth, then they can try everything to break you down, and they won't succeed. Nothing was more satisfying than turning my gaze to my sexual assailant and saying, No. I did not find any of my interactions with him to be pleasurable. I've never felt stronger than those moments, and my family themselves told me they had no idea of the strength of their own daughter until that day. But he was found not guilty. That's our justice system. That's not my fault. And I remind myself of that to this day. But he knows what he did, and now his family knows what he did too. I don't regret going through the justice system because I took so much back in those moments. Being able to face him, to look him in the eye was enough, but it wasn't all. I discovered a lot about myself and my own strength in those days. Since then, it's been just an endless growth of self-discovery that I really don't believe would have happened if I hadn't taken this to court. And let me tell you, there were moments of pure bliss in that courtroom. A defense lawyer began my cross-examination by declaring that we would respect each other and listen to one another. By the end of the cross-examination, this rich old white man was having a fit because he didn't get the answers out of me that he had hoped. So much for respect. So irritated was the lawyer that he was forced to call up my assailant for his very scripted testimony, a rare occurrence in sexual assault cases. The court case was my most meaningful way I took back power in my life. Truly the gas to propel the rocket of my recovery. But the second and most important way I personally gained back power was the therapy I've had for my trauma. I've learned to recognize my own triggers, and I'm able to recognize how painful moments in my life tie back to that trauma. It actually took me years to understand that I had been through something called trauma, and I was experiencing something called post-traumatic stress disorder. I spent years calling my suffering depression, but that was merely a symptom of a bigger picture. There was a day when I was eating lunch alone in a public cafeteria, and an old man came over to ask me to sit with him. I said no, and he laughed and looked at me and sat down anyway. This may seem like a small thing to people who have not experienced trauma. In fact, I told some of my friends, and they laughed at how funny that interaction must have been. 
but it wasn't funny. It was terrifying. And it reminded me of the moment of my sexual assault in which I also told a man no, and he didn't listen. He took my power from me, he decided for me. The old man in the cafeteria did the same thing. I was instantly triggered and I had to leave the space. These triggers can lead to anxiety attacks that last the rest of the day. And another trigger, the one that causes the largest ripple effect on my life, are lies and dishonesty from people I trust. The way I feel is that when people lie, it comes from a place where they don't want to lose power. Because of the power struggle that happens with sexual assault, I associate all lies with that original trauma. It leads me to not want to be around the person who lied to me, to not want to be touched by them. I went through the struggle with my partner, who, after years of telling me that his best friend was merely a girl he considered a sister, I found out through the grapevine that they had a short but intimate history together, and this continues to have a profound effect on our relationship. We're still on a path of healing together because the change is deeper than simply the service of he told a lie not to hurt my feelings. And for me, it all ties back to the power struggle and my sexual assault. Understanding myself through the comprehension and management of my own triggers helps me regain control and power and pride over myself and my body. There's a great pleasure and personal success that comes from understanding how my brain works. The third step on the road to reclaiming my power as a victim of sexual assault includes telling my story to you, feeling a connection with you who are listening, who believe it, whose stories may not be very different from mine. I feel as though I am part of something greater than myself when I stand with victims, which thanks to social media is so much easier than it was before. The hashtag we believe survivors connected me to a support system that reached the far ends of the earth. That hashtag gives me the feeling of being unified. I get so much strength from it. It happened to get started on social media just days before my own court appearance, and I cannot tell you how much I needed it. It helped my courage, and it helped me stay strong. There's a unified aspect of it, of realizing that it's not just a crime against me, it's not just a crime against some women, it's a crime against humanity. And the hashtag helped me see the unity of people. It helped me see there were people who stood with me. There was a sisterhood, I had brothers who stood with me, mostly strangers I would never have the chance to know, but every one of them though not speaking to me directly, were saying, I believe you. And that was enough. That kept me sane, it kept me strong, and it kept me brave. Bringing my case to court was my leap towards a path to healing where all the power he stole from me that night led it back to me tenfold. While the outcome did not work in my favor, I gained so much from the court process, and I want people to know that. I was able to tell my story while looking him in the eye. And even though it was the scariest moment of my entire life, I felt so powerful, so brave, so invincible after spending so many years of my life feeling small and helpless. Finally, I was taking back what he took from me. He had to face me and hear the story from my mouth. I made a vow to myself that this isn't something I'm going to be silent about anymore. Because too many people live and die in silence. When the court dates were approaching, my partner asked me, why go through something that will cause you so much strife? I told him that I didn't want my last regret to be that I did nothing about it. That I didn't take that step to healing, that I 
didn't steal back my power from a man who thought he could get away from it. And I wanted to speak for those who aren't able to bring their story forward, for those who are struggling with the shame, the guilt, the self-blame, the worry of how our patriarchal society might label her. For the thousands of women who haven't been able to tell their story, I'll tell mine. And if the insights I shared on the ways I've been able to take back my own power helps other victims, then this helps me even more. I've had to share this talk anonymously for a few reasons as well. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm a victim of sexual assault with PTSD, but that's me. I'm anonymous today because my accused was acquitted, because he comes from a family involved in the justice system. Judges, lawyers, all who may try to silence me. And because despite these attempts to silence me, we can't be quiet about this epidemic any longer. This isn't just my story. Along with her story and ideas, we asked the speaker to share something else. It's her victim impact statement, a message she prepared during the trial to capture the emotional damage she suffered. Because her assailant was acquitted, she didn't get to read it out loud in court. And this part of the journey remained incomplete until now. And because I'm giving it anonymously, this isn't being read just for me, but for all survivors. I've never read this aloud before this moment, and speaking out, even to you, listener, is another way to reclaim my power. I am broken. I feel worthless. My autonomy was taken away from me. My ability to choose my own path, my own journey in life. I was pushed onto a road I never wanted to travel down. My transition to womanhood was not my own choice. My entire existence, my whole beautiful life is covered in a fog that never lifts. I am haunted. Everything was taken away from me that night. I am a shell of myself. I am just surviving. Every day, I am barely surviving. People say, move on. This will bring you closure. There is so much to be happy about. But my pain is so deep. I am no longer ashamed of the fact that I am a victim. But this does not lessen the weight that my spirit bears. Some days I feel stronger than others. But each day is a survival. I know I am not defined by what happened to me, but that doesn't mean that it never ceases on taking over my mind. That statement, which I found so shattering to hear, was written some time ago, so we asked her to reflect on it from where she stands now. I know now, looking back on my statement, that I'm not merely surviving anymore, I'm thriving. And I owe it all to my brave decision to bring this forth to police and face my assailant in court. Each step taken in a courtroom, facing an assailant is a step closer to change the system for the next woman. I did this for them. I do this for them. I do this for you. She does this for you. Through every step of developing this talk, the speaker was clear on her motivation. She wants to help other victims by stepping forward, by filing charges, and by sharing here what she's learned. In giving this talk, she's holding up a mirror for other survivors. Sure, it, it gives a reflection to other assault survivors who um, 
may feel like life doesn't go on after this, but you can still make something of yourself and and make a change because, I mean, that's why I'm an educator, right? It's to, to make a change so you can still make a change even after something so drastic and horrible happened to you. This urge to help came from a place of generosity, but helping others also helped her. I feel like being able to share this with other people is kind of the completion of the circle for me. And now it's no longer just about focusing on me. It's about extending it outwards and helping other people. I don't want people to struggle anymore. I, I really want to help as many people as I can because you're not alone. It may feel like you're alone, like there was no light at the end of the tunnel, but it's so false. There is hope, and, and I want people to know there's hope. Even if it's just a little glimmer that I give them, I'll know I have, I've done something of value in my life. Hearing the speaker describe her court case really made an impression on me. The way the legal process empowered her and gave back to her, even though she lost, this just isn't the typical narrative. She shared with us that the trial changed the way she saw herself. It also changed how her parents saw her. I'm their youngest child and their only daughter. But I think after this situation, after witnessing me in court, they realized that I don't need protecting. I'm an ass kicker. (laughs) I'm June Cohen. Thank you for listening. On the next episode of Sincerely X... Odds are the person you're being rude to knows your mother or your grandmother or your sister. And somebody's going to call you about 15 minutes after you walk away. (laughs) So, you know, we're just, we're polite. You'll find new episodes of Sincerely X on channels in the Audible app. Original music on this program is composed by the Holiday Brothers with sound design and mix by Alex Trajano. The Sincerely X production team includes Chloe Shasha and Kelly Stetzel, with help from Amy Eason and Barb Allen. Our executive producers are Darren Triff and Colin Campbell. Creative leadership comes from Chris Anderson at TED and Eric Newsom at Audible. From TED and Audible, this is Sincerely X.